0: Oh, he did it. He played music under me. Thanks, next Andy. Dear God. well <laughs> Welcome to the family with...
1: Alex Rappard-Rasmussen. Manic Monday, Catherine Brandt.
0: Andy Brand Bernard. Mike Brandt. Well, we'll be right back. Kate Tellers, our special guest, promoting the book How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling. It says from the moth. What's oh. the moth? Well, we'll
1: find out. We're
0: going to find out what the moth Cable is. Right, Thomas. Superhero identity. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Kate Tellers joins us next. What do
2: you think? Yeah, we can do one. Oh, this, uh, I like it, man. This week is still in the 40s. I mean, this morning when I got up, uh, it was like 34, I think. 34 so we right still now. got freezing. we still got freezing roads, and people oh, are yeah. speeding up like it's spring. Got to slow down. Got to give yourself time. Got to make sure you're clear.
0: Coming in this morning, I drove here this morning at 2.30 in the morning. Yep. I was doing 70. I mean 55, mm-hmm. whatever the speed limit is. <laughs> whatever the speed limit is. A guy went by me doing about 130 miles an oh, hour. Oh, yeah. There's that. And I mean, was he a Ferrari? Off, like, boom, I'm doing 70. This guy blew by me like I was
2: parked. And that was on 100 or 169? 100, 100 so there, north, There's a yep. couple curves on that road. Yeah. And you get a little <laughs> exactly. water the up And goes it was up.
0: like sleeting.
2: Yeah. That's well. the other thing.
0: It was sleeting. And this guy's doing 130.
2: So slow down. Give yourself time. Don't be like that guy.
0: I like Michael Bryant. Brad Sean Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. And Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota, j finally beat Dan Resch. i'm telling you let me know when uh, miss Teller is ready to go all right she is ready oh she is. Kate tellers how you doing kate miss tellers hello who is it uh
1: i hear something
0: i hear music playing in the background well someone called in i assume that's the cue i could be wrong well, maybe it's not, Kate. Maybe it's
3: not. No, it's me. No, I'm here. Oh, yeah. you, there you are. Kate, how you doing? What's the latest? Oh, boy, what's the
0: latest? Who knows? What's the latest
3: with
0: you? <laughs> uh, but just I'm just sitting here trying to trying to figure out how we can get through life with everybody being so crabby, Kate. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. <laughs> God, everybody's okay, I'll nuts.
3: Give you, I'll give you no crabbiness for the next couple of minutes. What are you dealing
0: with? Just the next couple of minutes? That's all. You can't you do, like... How about if we do it till noon? What do you say? <laughs> 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 Kate Teller's till noon. Oh, it's just, you know, everybody, Kate, explain something to me. And everybody on the show explains something to me. Now, I, uh, Kate Teller's on about how to tell a story, the essential guide to memorable storytelling from Vama. Um, we'll talk about that. But, Kate, I mean, it, literally, I talked about it. I do a morning show in town as well. And we were talking this morning about this very thing. And I said, I, I, I don't understand something. You could be way left or way right. You could be a Democrat or Republican. You could be whatever you want. You believe what you believe. I'm not going to get mad at you if that's what you believe. Good, but don't get mad at me if I don't believe that. And that's on that's far left and far right, or just left and right. You know, I don't ever. I don't think people are horrible because they believe in something. It's weird, right?
3: Well, you've getting some crabbiness about that. I mean, uh, you know, I certainly love to get myself into a heated conversation, but we we got to keep ourselves in a yeah. in an open place to be able to hear people.
0: Oh, no, I, I had a guy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I jokingly on the phone because he was being all crabby and blah, blah, blah. You know, he was doing that deal. He's and all I said was, tough guy from 1,200 miles away, he reported me to the board of the company. Oh, <laughs> wow. I mean, it was a joke for God's sake. can't even think a joke anymore. But in any case, let's oh, talk boy. about Yeah, I know, Kate. It's, what, a, what a pain. Uh, TheMoth.org is the website. It's TheMoth, T-H-E-M-O-T-H.org. Uh, the book is called How to Tell a Story, The Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from The Moth. I've been telling stories. Now, are they stories or lies, Kate? Which is it? Or is it both?
3: <laughs> there's stories we always say moth stories are true as remembered by the teller
0: Ooh, I love so, it. so you know memory
3: <laughs> memory is fallible and you know the way i feel about it it's essential truth you know i think do i remember whether i sat next to a guy named mike or matt in second grade no does it matter when i'm telling the story what name i give them no it's still an essentially true story um But I'm sure you know this from all of your storytelling. People can tell when someone's lying. You want that real essential truth for a good story. If you start
0: making things up, you lose your connection, right? Kate, my daughter, our daughter is here. Catherine, my wife, is on the show. Our son, Andy, our daughter, uh, Alex. Hello. And our good friend, Mm -hmm. Michael Bryant. We're all on the show today. But Alex has a wonderful story to tell you about. Uh, Apparently, her children have been on too many flights across the country lately because she said something to her three. Well. (laughs) Your three year old son, Alex. Tell yes. Kate the story.
4: Yes, so my son is three. And he was he had a clown <laughs> nose on the end of this stretchy thing and he kept whacking the walls with it. And then he was like, Can I hit you with it? And I was like, uh, you can't no, you can't whack me with this thing. And then he tapped it against the wall and he said, Can I do this to you? And I said, Sure. And so he tapped it against my leg and I said, Thank you for being gentle. And he said, Thank you for flying Delta Airlines. <laughs>
1: It's like, what <laughs>
0: is happening? Been hearing that a little bit lately, have you kids? Oh Branding God. works. <laughs> Branding works, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> You've you. made a lot
3: of people at Delta very happy. Yeah,
1: you know, yeah that's very connection.
5: true. You should have recorded it, it
4: and, and sent it in.
3: Your kid is... Your kid is
0: very young, so they have a, a customer for many years well, well, we're a hub. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're that's a hub, so that's true. That's <laughs> yeah, very, very true. I, I, you know, since the time I was a little boy, Kate, i got to be honest with you, and I've been in radio for 51 years and, and voiceover and doing all the rest of it, so I've always loved storytelling. I've always, even when I was a little kid, two years old, three years old, whatever, I suppose three, uh, my first memories are from when I was three, I always loved to hear a great story. Loved it.
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, me too. What kind of stories? Were, did you come from a house that told stories?
0: Oh, you mean lies and stories? Yeah. Well,
4: that, there's, there's a, a lot fine of Interesting lies. stories. Yeah. In there.
0: <laughs> oh, there are a lot of interesting right. stories from my. Well, Kate, I mean, very quickly, just. Blitz through it. My mother used to work about 65, 70 hours a week as a, a diner waitress, and my father was mentally ill. So, yeah, we got a lot of great stories from the old. Not all of them were real. He would tell stories, and I'd find out, well, that actually never happened, but you know, it all worked out in the end.
3: Yeah. I mean, it is. I've found I come from a, a line of storytelling family and you repeat a lot of stories, much to the joy and, you know, angst of maybe people that marry into our family. But, you know, stories <laughs> yes. are the way to connect and we mark our past and we share our values and we commune. You know, one of my favorite things about being in storytelling and going to live storytelling events or hearing stories is that the plot of all of our stories are so different, but the essence of them can be so similar. You know, we're all human beings living through the world. So maybe I hear a story of your tragedy and it's different than an event in my life, but what we essentially as humans go through in those monumental highs and lows is the same. And it's such a way to connect people that you'd never think, you know, thinking about, you're talking about being crabby and people having different beliefs, but like, We are fundamentally all human beings living in the world together, and we do have so much in common. And a story is a way to really bridge that, even if the circumstances of our, you know, my life growing up is different than yours, but I'm sure there's a million ways in which we can find commonality.
0: Oh, no, well, first of all, I guarantee you, you do not like this, as everybody in this room does not like this, I'm guessing, but I know I don't like it. When somebody starts to tell a story and they do this, there was a guy, oh, wait. What do you mean, oh, wait? Mm -hmm. You got three words in, and you're telling me you got to change up the story? Really? <laughs> I go, okay. I, I
3: love that. That's a pet peeve of yours. Well, in the book, we talk a lot about how we the different contexts in which we use stories. You know, we tell them sometimes as a part of a job interview, as a presentation at work, on a date, and a eulogy and a toast. But, you know, a lot of what this is, is crafting, is really thinking about, to your point, what's the story that you're going to tell? It's a, it's a gift to be able to have people that will listen to you. So how do we make them, you know, really able to hear something? How do we share something valuable with them? And that's so much of what we look at at the book is, you know, how do you really find those um, pieces of your life that are compelling and interesting and share them in a way that, you know, honors the person who's giving you the space to listen to your story?
0: Okay, and I got to tell you, I'm 70 years old now, and I grew up at. A very fortuitous time for storytellers because people like J.D. Salinger, and there are so many more, to, you know, uh, to mention, men and women who have written these great, that have told these great stories. It was, has it always been this way or am I just kind of locked in because it was from the time I was a little boy that these magnificent stories were coming out in book form?
3: Oh, I don't know that I can speak to books per se, but I think, you know, uh, humans are storytelling animals. You know, we've been telling stories since we could first communicate. And I think we do them in different ways. And the way we receive information has certainly become different. You know, people would definitely consume so much more media and books generations before us, before television and movies and social media and all of the different ways that we consume information. But I do think fundamentally, we've always been drawn to story. And I do think as humans we're drawn to stories from other human beings like without sometimes the middleman of whatever way you're delivering that like being in a room with another person and really feeling like they're sharing a, a part of themselves with you and making that connection you know will crave forever no matter you know what the next iteration of of story sharing platform you know will come um but yes yet also i do love both and I think there are many right. books for many generations,
0: and I'm excited that they keep coming, too. Well, Kate, I think our first communication, basically, when, when children answer back, is generally from stories. Reading them a story at night, and they, they, yeah. they, they respond, and they talk about the story. I mean, telling stories is, is the thing that opens the door to communication between a small child and their mother or father.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the way we introduce them to what we care about and who we care about and, you know, experiences that they're too young to have, you know, we can take them around the world, we can teach them about um, the people that have come before them. My mother passed away before my children ever met them and I uh-huh. feel that they know her so well, you know, they talk to me all the time about her because I've made sure that they know about who she is and how she affects what I do and how that makes me mother them. Um, and it's been one of the most valuable pieces uh, for me of storytelling in my own life to be able to conjure, you know, the people and experiences that my children, my young children, haven't been able to have.
0: You know, one of my great memories that just hit me, Kate Teller is our special guest, How to Tell a Story, the Essential Guide to Memorable Storytelling from the Moth. That's themoth.org, as a matter of fact, and the book's available on Amazon and everywhere. <laughs> but my lovely wife, Catherine, and my mother, my mo- <laughs> speaking of storytelling— My mother told my lovely wife, Catherine, a story one time about 30 times in a row about dancing.
1: Oh, she won a uh, dance (laughs) contest, and the the prize was a live duck. (laughs) Yes, we've all heard the story. And how she, many times? Oh, I don't even know. So uh, ten thousand times, times maybe? I don't know. Every time I saw her. So stop me if I've told you this story. You've told me that story. Well, I'm just gonna tell it to you anyway.
3: She, <laughs> she didn't even she didn't,
0: didn't really even phase
3: her.
0: Is that how communication started in the first place? Was storytelling how it started instead of, you know it wasn't hello, obviously. But was our, our basic first Dialogue is it? Was it? Based, it had to be based on storytelling. Well, before I, the written word, what yeah. else do you have? Yeah, you didn't have anything else. That's exactly my point. Um, so, yeah. I mean, it goes all the way back to our very beginnings. Very, very important to tell stories. <clears throat>
3: Well, it's important. I mean, a lot of it was survival. I mean, you know, I, we're speaking so much about the, the emotional and the practical impact of yes. storytelling. But yeah. early storytelling was, you know, there's a fire around the corner for don't right. go there. You right. know, like, how do we survive in this world? I have had an experience that I need to communicate with you so that you also can survive. I mean, I still, to, to me, I, I obviously am very invested in storytelling. It's, I care so deeply about it. I do feel like it is about survival now. I think that we won't... Um, You know, we can't feel full fulfillment or be the people that we're meant to be in the world if we don't understand and listen to the people around us and if we don't have experiences outside of our own lived experience. We can find connection outside of our own lived experience, which I find so fantastic. No doubt. You know, we've we've worked with tens of thousands of storytellers over the past uh, 25 years, and, you know, I never would have been able to know what it would be to be a freedom rider um, or to... uh, To uh, have um, uh, to to immigrate to the United States not knowing anyone. I would never know what it's like to, you know, win a beauty contest. I would never, like all of these experiences that have been shared on last stages, you know, I'd never know, I'd never understand, I'd never see that point of view. And we've just been so lucky to have thousands of people that have wanted to share a piece of themselves in our stages and wanted to find connection in that way. And so many of them are in this book. Their story examples are in this book. It's really built a community that I feel so invested in. Um, that's really diverse and far reaching.
0: Okay. And I mentioned our, our family friend, Michael Bryant's here. Michael is an attorney. Now, Michael, telling stories, and I'm talking about lying, I'm talking about telling stories. You lawyers
5: lie all the time, don't you? I'm not saying lying,
0: I'm telling you. When you go into court, you have to tell a story that's convincing, correct?
2: Well, when you try a case, that uh, is what you want to do because that's memorable to the jury and get your point across. And, And I've heard... I've heard a number of speakers uh, that have talked about storytelling, and they've talked about how they make up relatives, and they make up names, and they make up it, it, parts of it that it's based upon a real story, but they bring in all different parts to it. Um, so, yeah, there there is some of that, um, but it's crafting it around your case versus right, right. You know anything else? But well, it's the still key. a good story. Well, you hope you hope. Yes,
0: <laughs> you would hope that it's a good story. That's exactly right. So. I just think it's so important. Like I said, Kate, you got the you got the right guy to talk to about this because I have loved stories my entire life. I love to tell them. I love to hear them. To this day, I just I, I love stories. Always have. Yeah. Oh my gosh.
3: Well, how lucky are we that we have all of these ways that we can discover other stories? You know, like I said, in this book, we have a podcast, we have a radio program, we have live events. I just think, you know, going back to what you were saying at the top, I think we need to be curious and we need to seek out stories from people whose experiences are different than ours. And, you know, I've been so fortunate with my work at the mosque to be able to to find that and have, you know, to be able to work on those stories and develop those stories and discover them. But once you get that curiosity, you know, I'm hooked. That's all I want to do, is, is laugh and cry with strangers, is to find a new connection uh, with people and, um, uh, you know, discover new stories every
0: day. Now, on the way here, Catherine and I were riding along in the car. I was, I was riding along back here with Catherine. <clears throat> and, you know, you just realize you talk about, uh, you know, her life, uh, how she does. I talked about Michael being an attorney, our kids with their kids and all the rest of it. But Catherine and I were relating new stories to one another. So basically, when when a person relates a news story, you're getting their story version of that news story, how they interpreted it. Whether you yeah. know you're doing that or not, your interpretation is coming through on that story. Correct?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the interesting conversation about truth. Is that like yes. it's impossible to completely to completely identify what truth is? And I think like if you break down the, the essential definition of what a story is, storytelling is the ordering of information. That's what it is. so a compelling story is going to be an intentional ordering of information that includes pieces that relate to each other that relate to the storyteller relate to the audience Um, but that in and of itself is editing and once you get to editing there are details you're choosing to prioritize and there are details you're choosing to not prioritize so it gets very murky that's why we say essential truth like maybe one detail gets left out and one gets put in and and it's it's it doesn't have a larger consequence, but we have to think fundamentally about what is the, the truth that we believe in that we want to share.
0: You know, you learn so much, at least I did, uh, and I'm sure you all did as well, Kate. You certainly did. <clears throat> I learned how to tell stories by reading and listening to other people's stories. Some, some of the most brilliant moments. So, uh, the Great Gatsby at Opens talking about the ocean winds blowing the lace curtains across the wedding cake ceiling. You can see that the mm-hmm. way he describes it. Now, when you can see exactly what mm-hmm. he's describing in your head, that's some great storytelling right there.
3: Oh, yeah. The scenes just, like, drop you in. They make you completely present. I feel that so much. And it is true. Stories beget stories. Like, the more yes. you start to listen to stories, the better storyteller you become. The more you share stories, the better storyteller you become. The the, the different voices that you hear sort of make you tune to different things. But I agree. I think there's just like some stop you in your tracks scenes of stories I've heard over the years that stick with me always. You know, they they sort of color your own perspective on the world.
0: No, I don't. I don't mean this in a negative way, Kate. But I mean, you've been how long did you work on the book?
3: So we wrote the book over a period of about two and a half years, okay. almost entirely on not almost entirely entirely on Zoom. One because. Uh, You may have noticed in the last two and a half years, the world sort of shut down. Yes, I did. because we're not all in the five co-authors, which is is, uh, unheard of, but these are uh, my four other colleagues that I've worked with for many years, um, live in different areas of the world. Most of us in New York, one in Sweden, one in New Jersey. And we just got on Zoom for hours and sort of dumped our brains into this book, you know, this work that we've been doing for so long and working, like I said, with tens of thousands of storytellers and really with the intention of providing something that inspires people to share their own stories, people that don't think that they have a story. Um, You know, I hope there's something in there for people that will inspire them to share it and then will inspire them to be curious to listen to other people's stories and just keep expanding that ripple effect of how we um, hear a story and how that affects the way we live in the world and how that affects the way we, we uh, treat other people. And, you know, all of the power that a, a story can, and perspective that a story can bring to someone. Um, so I'm excited that uh, it's out in the world and like, curious to see what stories come next.
0: We know it's so wonderful. I was just sitting here thinking about different things you go through in life and all the rest of it. Is it easy to separate uh, in some people's brains the difference between storytelling and lying? My God, people lie a lot right now. What is that all about, Kate?
3: Well, I mean, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know why people lie, but I will say this that, like, that's beyond my, above my pay grade, I think. But I will say, so a lot of the time at the mosque, we will work one on one with people to craft their stories. So you yeah. might come to me and say, I want to tell this story about the time that I was kicked out of my gym class or something, you know, something very simple. And then I would work with you and I would ask you questions and we would go back and forth, you know, what what was important to you then? Who did you care? Can you show me the gym? Can you, you know, all of that back and forth. And this process can last months I and mean, sometimes years, you know, we kick time off and come back. And when I work with a storyteller, I can sense when they're lying. So then I ask questions right. around it and I would never, you know, at the mock we don't elevate stories that are, that we believe are lies. If we suspect that someone's making up a story, then we would, we would not put that story on our stage. We want the stories to be true, but a lot of the time, and this is one of the greatest things to me about storytelling is in that process of crafting the story of going back and forth with a director or someone else, people will start to see their life experience differently like they may, like you might say to take this fictitious story that I'm making up of yours about being kicked out of gym class. Like, you know, I always thought that that meant that I wasn't um, I wasn't an athlete and I never thought I could be an athlete. But when you look back on it, you might think about uh, you might see that completely differently. You know, you might say, I think I sensed at that point that um, I needed to be a rebel for the very first time in my life. And it's only in hindsight, in retrospect and taking the time to think about the experiences of ma- who have made you who you are that you begin to sort of understand them in a new way. Um, So, you know, maybe the first time you told me the story, it, it wasn't a lie, but it wasn't true, because you hadn't actually given thought to why you felt compelled to share this story. But in the course of that, process of working with someone else and asking questions of thinking about what is this stick with me or what else do I remember around this or what were other relationships that I were in that was, I was in that was similar to that you might gain some clarity or dare I say truth about the situation that you didn't have initially and I think that's a that's a rewarding process for me on both sides as a storyteller I love to be able to understand you know if we understand our past we can better act in the future but two to have a conversation with someone and see them discover, a deeper understanding of their own experience is just, you know, a really wonderful thing to, to be a part of.
2: So who are you, who are you working with? Are you working with people who have uh, like a, a event coming up and are trying to put together a speech, or are you working with people who are just overall trying to, you know, better themselves through what they learn and, and the story that they tell?
3: So we work with people from all walks of life, but what are, what we do is we, Present live events where we'll have storytellers on the stage. Tonight we're making our Broadway debut, so we're going to be um, at the Walter Kerr Theater in New York City. Sold out Broadway—a little bucket list thing for many of us, I think—and um, hundreds or thousands of people come to these shows to hear five people tell ten to twelve-minute stories, uh, true stories on stage without notes. That's it. That's what it is. Um, These shows often sell out without a headliner. Now, of course, we've had headliners. We've had Rachel Dratch from Saturday Night Live. We've had Padma Lakshmi. We've had um, Davey Smith. We've had uh, authors, actors, scientists, Nobel Prize laureates. But also people that call our pitch line, that we call it, that we funded our open mic night or people that we meet at a party and we say, oh, my gosh, that story you told me was really interesting. Do you want to tell it on a stage for hundreds of thousands of people? (laughs) And then we record those shows. And those shows, some of those stories go onto our podcast, um, which is downloaded nearly, uh, 90 or over 90 million times last year. Um, our radio program, which is on over, uh, 65 stations across, or, sorry, 55, 550 radio stations across the country. Um, we have anthologies of some of our favorite stories and books. And then, of course, we have this how Two book that we're talking about today. Um, So we really find like the greatest thing is you'll have a Nobel Prize laureate who will take the stage. And then the next person that takes the stage would be someone that, you know, told a story about um, getting vigilante justice on the person that stole their credit card number when they ordered a pizza. And those two stories are equal. You know, the story of the scientist who's changing the world and the story about the person who, you know, wanted to get their twenty three dollars back. There's an equity in storytelling that. I find really magical, and that is really signature to the night
0: that we share. I think that's one we have to take a very quick break. Kate, you can stay with us for 10 more minutes. Sure. Excellent. We'll be right back with Kate Tellers, ladies and gentlemen. How to tell a story, the essential guide to memorable storytelling, from the moth TheMoth.org. Right back with Kate Tellers. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dansawside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest
2: financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit.
4: I believe in the kingdom come Then all
0: the colors will bleed into one I've never heard of me, but... I know. We're back. We are back, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Kate Teller is our special guest. We're just telling stories to each other, Kate, while you... Inspired storytelling. Inspired stories, (laughs) there's no question about it. Kate, I do have a question. Kate Teller is our special guest. uh, How to tell a story, the essential guide to memorable storytelling from the moth, themoth.org.
2: Did we find out what the moth stands for?
0: Not yet. What
1: does the
3: moth Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, the moth really, truly is the bug. But very simply put, um, so we were inspired by these open night, uh, open mic poetry slams in New York City. Our founder was an author. He would go to these poetry slams and he was really thrilled by actually the conversation between the poems, not necessarily the poems, the sort of human off-the-cuff that I told this story because. Uh, But he's from uh, outside of Savannah, Georgia, and um, he used to sit on his friend Wanda's porch and tell stories. I think that's why he was really drawn to it. And so we coined the name The Moth because uh, we find that stories are the way that moths go to a flame, the way the moths would fly in on that porch where he would tell stories. they would circle around that light. And just as we're talking about, you start to hear stories. More people are interested. More people come around, and you you create some sort of a community through them.
0: I like it. Yeah. That makes total sense. Kate, since the advent of the the printed word and then, of course, radio came along and then broadcast television and now they're going away in favor of the digital era and all the rest of it, has storytelling gotten better or worse? Because once you get electrical or once you get digital or electric, you need to start editing a lot more. Uh, Did it change the way we told stories after, say, 1945, something like that?
3: I mean, yeah, I think the way that we tell stories, of course, is different and evolving. And I think certainly now in, you know, in recent years, we're telling shorter stories, but also we're telling more stories. So I think, yes, fundamentally, there are many different, many more different ways to share stories. But I think people are still drawn to them and still drawn to the same essence of what makes them good. You know, a level of vulnerability, an emotional investment by the storyteller, uh, an honesty, something that makes that, you know, congruity. (laughs) Congruity. Is that a word? Do you know what I mean? Work um, for me. Congress. The story should be Congress. They should make sense. The details should make sense. You know all of those things. It doesn't. It doesn't matter whether you're telling something in a you know a, a Twitter role or if you're telling something in a novel. Um, the pieces of the story, the essential things that make stories compelling, will remain, and I think will continue to remain. And in some ways, I think the the way that. The access that we have to communicate our stories is so much bigger now, you know, challenges people to be better at it because there's
0: more competition. That makes complete sense. By the way, Kate, I I don't know if you know it or not, but I didn't bring up movies. And the reason I didn't is because I think movies actually made the way we told stories better. An example of that would have been from the Grapes of Wrath when the boys are riding in the back of the pickup truck and Ma's up in the cabin with the driver and they're driving along. And one guy says, what's the matter? And the other guy says, I'm, I'm kind of worried, man. He goes, what are you worried about? I said, I'm worried about Ma. Ma, she's getting pretty old, you know. She's 55 now. <laughs> and, I thought, and he was very touched by it. He was, you could tell the actor did a great job. He was very concerned because back in those days, most people died in their late 40s or early 50s, and she was 55 years old.
3: Yeah, can you even imagine?
0: (laughs) I mean, different time talking talking about your mother dying at such a young age, but back in those days, it was a very important story he was telling.
3: Yeah, exactly. And again, you know, going back to that universal thing, it's probably not 55 for you or 55 for many of us, but um, we can all relate to the fear of losing a loved one and knowing that they're getting closer to their time, and they're you know. So 55 is the is the is a factual detail, but I think the essential truth of it resonates with us, you know, in generations
0: to come. I just love that. She's getting pretty old, you know, she's fifty five. <laughs> I'm like, whoa <laughs> But back in those days I was pretty old. There's no doubt about it. Is there is there a group of stories or one story or a few stories that you as a little girl, you just went back and and it got your it, it piqued your, your interest. Was it a couple of things that drove you to to pay such close attention to storytelling?
3: Well, I would say there were a couple. One, I do come from a family that tells stories. So, you know, my mother's family, uh, my grandfather died uh, when I was very young and my grandmother um, died when I was eight. So the stories of my family and my mother growing up and all of her siblings and my grandfather was, 18 years older than my grandmother, and he would uh, he owned a grocery store, and he would bring groceries to she and all of her siblings. He was almost like parental with them, and just like their love story has been told a thousand times in my family, and I could listen to it over and over yeah. again. So I come by it honestly in my family. Um, and then I grew up on uh, like musicals, like the classic musicals, and I just love. The you know the the deep emotion you get from singing your feelings. I loved that emotional investment in stories. I loved the familiar characters. I could listen to the songs over and over again, and felt like you know uh, uh, the people in Guys and Dolls and the people in Oklahoma and all of these other musicals were a part of my own life and took me to these other worlds. And um, so I became really hungry for all of that, and started to write down my own stories and read and read and read, and, read and landed here
0: makes total sense. Kate Tellers is T E L L E R S. How to tell a story: the essential guide to memorable storytelling from the moth, the moth.org. Kate, you got to come back and tell us more stories.
3: Oh my goodness, you know
0: I'd love to. I would love to have you back, Kate Tellers. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks so much. Bye. See, I do I love right. storytelling. I just I've always loved storytelling.
1: Yes, you are a storyteller.
0: <laughs> I didn't say I was. I said I enjoyed Well, stories. You got to
2: keep people entertained it's all the time you're on the radio and
0: oh, all the music's okay. <laughs> no, I do. I I learned you know very very young that I loved people when they would sit and tell stories. My great grandmother, Susan Barnard would would tell me stories when I was 4 years. old. She died at 104 when I was 4. And I will never forget her t- telling me stories. It was amazing.
2: She tell you stories at 104?
0: Oh yeah, well she's about one hundred and two hundred and three. Wow, I was I was three years old and I can remember her telling me stories about the old days in in England and Ireland and or in Scotland, not Ireland. Wow. But uh, she was the only thing is I was three and I was already bigger than her. God, she was tiny.
2: Oh, she wasn't a huge one.
0: No, that was Minnie. That was Minnie. That was my grandmother actually. That was my mother's mother. Minnie was the best too. She was God. She was the greatest. But did you always? I mean, the storytelling's got to be part of why someone becomes a certain type of attorney, right? Well, I, it, it
2: involves public speaking, and you know, there's if you're going to do trials, you have to have the ability or right. want to public speak, or you can't do it, you know. So no, that's exactly right. So there's right. there's there's that part of it, you know, that uh, does pay, play a role in it.
0: Isn't that you, you look? You go back a hundred years. Isn't that what really drove people to hire certain attorneys back then? Because they, they were such powerful storytellers in court. That these guys, Clarence Darrow and these mm-hmm. kind of people. I mean, they were just very although, powerful storytellers.
2: Although he wasn't hired by, he was hired no, by a lot of criminals. That's right. right? Yeah, you know, well, that's what I, I'm I don't, saying.
0: I don't think he got paid for it. got used to sleep in his car.
2: Uh, yeah, he did. He wear true. the same suits. So, he did, yeah. You know, it wasn't like he was getting hired by the, the top of the line people. Um, but uh, it, uh, it yeah, I, I think, I mean, oratory, good oratory, always great speeches has always played a role in politicians or in. Uh, in law or all different parts. I mean, where we've got great speeches out there that make a difference. Right. You know, I mean, you've got examples of speeches that change the world.
0: Oh, so, no yeah, doubt you know, about that at, at points. Well, that's so, why I think people loved Walter Cronkite so much. Cause he was a phenomenal storyteller. Mm. I mean, he was a really, really good storyteller, Yeah. but you know, uh, you get on the list. That I have my favorites. Obviously I brought up F Scott Fitzgerald and I brought up, you know, the, these other authors. Um, they were phenomenal storytellers they they they're so descriptive do you think being descriptive is a huge part of storytelling i gotta believe it is
2: i think it's you've got to have the ability to where the listener imagines whatever you're saying so right. they see it so you bring it alive and good writers you know uh, good uh, you know movies are different because you see it as it's going along but right good writers or good speakers get that image in your head that bring in these other things these other parts like she was talking about how you know your your example of grapes of wrath leads to other people thinking about them losing close relatives and that feeling they can feel what that guy's feeling or at least they feel their version of what that guy's feeling and that's why it has an impact
0: i think that's why uh catcher in the rye caught on i mean that story is so well told that all teenage boys think they are that character yeah yeah, that's true it's an amazingly well told story there's no doubt well how many people have been killed over that book right I I uh, mean, there are a lot.
2: I oh, there's I mean, John Hunt. Lennon got oh, shot. yeah, John Lennon got shot by for that book Catcher right? in oh, the Rye. Right. And
0: so yeah. did uh, I believe didn't Hinckley have Catcher in the Rye with him when he shot yeah, Reagan? That, yeah, I think mean, yeah. there have been a lot of them. They have Catcher in the Rye in their pocket shooting people. It's like, hey, you kind of missed the point of the book. Yeah, I do
2: know,
0: you know that or not. That's
2: one of the things that happens when people read a book and really like a book and then go see a movie and the movie doesn't jive right. with whatever right. vision they have in their head that has an impact on lots of different movies you know i
0: don't think there's any question about it andy and alex your favorite book you have a favorite book uh not really
4: A lot of favorite children's books.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this point you're like,
5: "Good night, Moon, or whatever the hell that (laughs) is." Good night, Moon. Good night. Good Good night, Moon.
0: There's a lot
5: of Ethan's already got like 30 books. Does he really? We have. uh,
4: (laughs) We had to count Fawn's books for a Uh reading challenge Mm, thing. uh Just, just Fawn's, and I think it was like 320.
0: There you go. That's like one thing.
4: I'm very minimal with like. Toys, clothes. Your kid has
2: three hundred bucks. How minimal could you be? But not
4: books. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm very minimal with toys and clothes (laughs) for the kids and everything. But books is the one thing that I'm just like
5: buy them all. At least three, four books per day. You know, like Ethan, he gets two books at night, and sometimes he'll uh, listen to a book. You know, nap time. So that's three days. You know, twenty-one books a week. Uh, it's like eighty some readings you should, a month. Yeah. Well, kids, you have kids more
1: will books. listen to the book will, over and over. Yeah, it's the will. parent that yeah. can't take exactly. reading the book reading over the and same over. Same and fun never. Of times
5: a month is just not going to happen. When they
2: correct you in the middle of the page. Oh yeah, because right. they got it memorized. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah. you could read the damn book.
5: Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait! You skipped something. <laughs> yeah,
2: you read <laughs> the book.
1: That's you gotta go. Right. The
4: library, though, really is with kids. It's yeah. That's the best way. To the go. best way so to go. Does
3: he even yeah.
5: you have books on tape? Uh, no, we just uh, have books. You read them. Okay,
2: so you're reading them. Okay, just the yep. way you said, I didn't know if that meant. Oh you yeah, just listens to, to a tape. book. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. what
5: else does he do? <laughs> yeah.
4: He, he looks, looks at it.
5: Really.
4: Yeah. <laughs> he looks at it.
5: Sometimes he's lately he's more concerned with just staring at you while you read the book. Oh, yeah, right.
1: Like, yeah, I can, mm-hmm.
0: I can see How that. I see
1: that. How are story. you doing this? I will tell you what.
0: Do you remember the? Very famous storytelling night when I threw that goddamn book in the fire, I will love you always. I'll love you for fire. Speaking
1: of it in story things.
0: What's
5: it called? I'll Love You
0: Forever. forever. I will love you always.
4: He did not No, I couldn't
0: stand reading that book. It was the saddest damn book I've ever read in my life. (laughs) It's (laughs) really carrying his old mother to her grave for Christ's
1: sake. I
4: love you forever forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Yep. Ah, shut oh, up. Oh, no. Anything? No, <laughs> I nobody can make it through so without crying. Uh, no, he did, he, he did not. He never
0: threw a uh, that in the fire. Book, where was it then? No,
1: I don't. You probably, probably just, just closed it anymore. Read it like
4: Long a normal gone. human being.
1: Long gone.
0: I remember baby.
4: somebody you know, I, told us
1: about that book and said, Oh, you, 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 no one can get through this book without crying. And I'm nope. like, oh, I can. So I, <laughs> I buy the book and I open it up yeah. and I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like charging through the book so I won't get emotional. Oh, and Jesus. at the end, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I cry I cry well I read to the
4: kids
0: a lot yeah you do a uh, lot cool you do
4: I'm just a crier though like I'm a I'm a Yes, yeah. the kids call it happy crying. Are mm-hmm. you happy crying? Are you yes, happy yes, I am, crying. as usual. Yeah, and yeah, Fawn, There's certain books that she reads, and then she'll just stare at me, oh, looking at me, mm-hmm. and like, cause she's just like, she knows the page that like <laughs> triggers the tears. And the other day, we were reading this one called I'll Aaron Slater, illustrator, and it's about a little boy that's dyslexic, and he's in second grade, and he has to write a story for his class, but he can't write yet. Because he has really bad dyslexia and all this stuff. And then he ends up drawing a story and then telling the story. And then the teacher comes out. And he's crying because he thinks the teacher's going to get mad at him. And she says, thank you. And I just always cry. And she's like... And I was determined to not cry, and so I was like, i got to breathe through it, Fawn. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And then I didn't. She was like, I wanted you to cry.
0: (laughs) What the hell are you doing? You didn't hold up your end. They like it when
1: adults are predictable. That's true. I know. I suppose
0: that is true.
4: And I I just bought Brittany from KQ um, her baby showers this weekend, and I just bought her like four books that,
1: yep, they're to make, make her cry. She's a crier too. So. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, she's definitely a crier. You know Brittany, don't you? No, yeah. Yeah, yeah Brittany's yeah. a britney's a big crier. Yeah, Brittany there's can like feel some
5: emotion sometimes. I yeah. love her. Yeah.
0: She's just a wonderful person. she always she has Yeah, one
5: famous. of them is called
4: "On the Night You Were Born." Mm. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> We're not reading and that one. One is called "I'll Love You Forever." Mm-hmm.
0: That's the one I was talking. No, not
4: about. A, not that one. Oh, it's a
0: different, it's a different, night different night one. Love you forever. Yeah. I thought it was called "I Will Love You Always." Isn't there a it's, book no, called "I, I Will Love You Always"? Nope.
5: What was I'll it called? i like you for always. Is like a you. line in the yeah. yeah. Like What's it
4: called though? What
5: are you talking about the book? It's, <laughs>
0: I love you. I'll love you forever. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. I'll love you forever. Look yeah. up. I will love you always. Oh always and forever. What's the difference? No, it's... it's yeah. A, love you forever.
4: Love you forever. I will,
0: yeah. Love, yeah. I will love you forever.
5: And There's it's also like a picture I'll of the kid forever, but it's a different book.
4: That's the one that I got for the bear one. Yeah. The Dancing Bears.
5: Oh. Dancing yeah. Bears? That's the one that I got for Brittany. Huh. Oh. It's very, very sweet. Yeah, there's Love You Forever, which is the book we're mm, talking about. And then there's a new one there. called I'll Love You Forever, which is about bears.
4: By, it's not about bears. It's, it's, got, bears on the it's cover. got bears on the cover. <laughs> it's written by Nancy Tillman and her books. If you want a good, beautiful, wonderful, probably going to make you cry children's book, buy any of her
0: books. They're all mm. amazing. So how do you... How do you separate lying from storytelling
4: well because telling a story is something that happened <clears throat> lying is
1: something that didn't happen uh, I, I don't think
0: most people could tell the difference anymore there's no. so much lying no, going has on now. Able to tell the difference? You well, me? well i mean there's I lots of times right.
1: where you embellish a story yeah, you embellish a a and lying and are two
0: different things
4: when i, I threw don't... it in the fire <laughs> that was a lie you your family detected a, you that was a lie. Know. Okay, you
0: okay. don't know. If you just it was true
4: or randomly not. made a fire alone and threw the book in the fire. Well, that we was had,
0: looking. We had a couple of fireplaces in that house, if you might we want did. to remember. Did you put on your
1: little uniform before you burned the
2: book. Yes, yeah. I did. I put my <laughs> uniform on. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> you had
1: a cloak in the front yard. I
2: think burning books is kind of extreme. But kind of yeah, extreme. Well, oh, only Fahrenheit like
1: 451. Uh, yeah. yeah. Speaking of burning books, it looks like Elon Musk's. It's going through today. Today. Yeah. going through
0: today. Yesterday, he bought Twitter. Yeah. I yep.
1: guess so. So he, they after did all of that,
0: yeah. Yeah. they did accept it just now.
1: I yeah. guess so. For the they original checked an hour price, forty-five billion or something. Yeah,
0: forty-five billion. Help oh, he burns it to the ground.
1: He's not no, gonna burn it to I want him
0: to tell the truth. I'll get back on Twitter now that he owns it. You can oh, tell the truth Don't, on don't, please don't. You no. need to get off Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you
4: need to, the petition Stop of it. get Kathy off Twitter is still going <laughs> strong. Many podcast what, what listeners don't are care. on
5: board.
0: It's just it's it's poison. Yeah, so it's it's just, what did you do?
4: Twitter's the worst of all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: but he's going to make the best of all of them. No, he's not going to
4: be able to, the whole thing is he's not control. he's like, I don't want people to control what you say.
0: But he also doesn't want people's stuff to be lifted. He wants the truth he, on. He, he,
2: well, what? It, it actually, I think he's more into the idea of not. Not throwing people off of Twitter yes. right. that they shouldn't be banned. He's he's not yeah.
0: saying that yeah. they're telling the truth. Oh, that's what he yeah. said. I, he, was, uh, he said this morning. Yeah, but
5: he says a lot of stuff. Well,
2: so. but did? the overall idea hmm. of getting people who are banned to not be banned isn't supporting what they're saying. He's not yeah. doing right. this so Trump can get back on Twitter. Oh, I he's not going on oh, oh, I didn't know Trump, Trump,
0: off, is Trump off Twitter. Yeah, Trump got thrown off Twitter. He hasn't
1: been on there in years. Yeah, I Well, didn't Trump? start his own
2: yeah, they tried. Trump has said he doesn't want
1: to go back on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> there was Real, Gitter? yeah, truth yeah. yeah, so, There's so many. Which one was parlor? his? I
4: don't
5: remember. He know. was either truth or
4: Carler or something don't know. is one. It was parlor.
2: Yeah, I think that was the. I, is that uh, the one the, he the did? I, did I don't. Did
0: that's not the one he did. But that was a conservative.
5: He either did truth social or Gitter I can't. They might be the same thing. Okay. He was one of those two. Yeah, I know that's true. I don't know. Officer Dave can't read the children's books either. Yep. No. Can't do it. But you're a
4: well. I mean, I do it. No.
2: Musk's idea, though, is that you just don't ban people. Right. That you allow them to say what they're going to say, and if I mean, it's crazy. You well, so should look at it and say, oh, yeah, "That's already crazy.
5: <laughs> so bad." Pepper's it's like you bad. can't save it by doing that. Twitter's I, the worst at I, it's all. It's no different
2: sure. than Facebook or
5: any others.
4: Well, no, because Twitter, it definitely is, is because Facebook.
2: Twitter's you, worse, Yeah,
4: because Facebook you can control. I mean, on Twitter you can control who you follow and whatever, but it's just I don't know. It,
2: Twitter's played a big role around the world. Oh, I mean, it definitely has, for sure. It's a huge sure. role in Russia right now. Oh, yeah. It it, it definitely... Okay, so out.
5: Truth yeah. Social is Trump's okay. one. Oh. Truth okay. Getter social. was founded by a former Trump aide. Okay. So oh. they're both kind of related. Same thing
1: and that's the, I mean, you're just... Who's going to have 50 different Which wouldn't me things. I mean, really...
2: Which one gives me the text all the time for for money off pillows? <laughs> one of them I got on sends me a text all the time for deals. Not
0: <laughs> deals. Frank speech is another one. There you go, out? that's yeah. it. Yes, Frank's I, I got on yeah.
1: Parler just to see what it was like, and I was like, holy moly, these people are little. Yeah,
5: it's like how Twitter is <laughs> with uh, 14-year-old communists, Parlour is with... 40-year-old bunker dwellers. And I don't
1: have the app anymore, but I keep on getting, like, notifications from yeah. parlor. It's like good right off of my phone. I don't want it. I don't know.
0: I haven't that. used
5: I any social media in many years. I haven't either. It's been, I think it's been
2: almost
0: 10 years for me. I use it daily. Yeah, watch use it all. all
2: sorts of clips.
0: And, well, it's know, probably a good idea for and, a lawyer to use I don't, social media. I think mean, it's, it's a good idea. There's sometimes I think oh, it's one of the What about idea. that Around, Representa-
1: representative John Thompson's daughter? Did you oh, hear yeah. about that? I, I, no. There's a new issue what, with what? the cops,
2: with <clears throat> him. Yeah. What is it? Uh,
1: his 26 year old daughter was found to be driving without a license and apparently under the influence of drugs. Cool. but her father arrived on scene and officers allowed him to take her away rather than placing her under arrest. Thompson's daughter was pulled over for a moving violation in St. Paul on Sunday. She refused to roll down her window because she said she's afraid of the police. Just she like would not her identify herself. Oh my God. And a uh, Representative Thompson arrived on the scene stating that the driver was his daughter and is afraid of the police. And he started handing out his card. <laughs>
0: Well, that guy's nuts. Uh,
1: Thompson, Clearly. according to an arrival on scene, Thompson drives up to the scene, parks illegally, and starts yelling at officers right away.
0: That's what he does.
1: Um now. Eventually, the daughter rolled the window down enough to identify herself to officers and was found to not have a valid driver's license. Mm-hmm.
0: Neither did her could father. Sm-
1: an officer Wisconsin. could smell the odor of marijuana coming from the vehicle and believe she was operating the vehicle un- while under the influence. Uh, then they let her go with her dad.
0: Of course they Of course. Yep. So, what? I know. He is, is he even around anymore? he was the representative? that was a yelling up there. And-
1: well I, is he still have that job after I, all yeah, the crap that yeah, he's yeah, done
2: so. yeah he's still a represent which i don't understand with the voting issue with him voting someplace else i don't Wisconsin, yeah. yeah i don't here. get right. how that how that that happened but Come i mean here. she's she like? was charged it after. Looks like she was charged with third degree test refusal um
5: there's degrees of test refusal yeah
2: yeah there's one through four hmm. um and they're waiting for more details according to the this latest a uh, minute ago update. So okay. she's been charged with a gross misdemeanor. So
1: let's say Alex. And then
2: she was also charged with obstructing <laughs> legal process.
1: Okay. So Well, her dad should also be charged with obstructing you would think. legal process. Well, if Alex g- gets pulled over, yeah. moving violation, she won't roll down her window. Again? She doesn't have a say, driver's like license, a, a valid 10, driver's 2. license. Mm-hmm. She's clearly smoking reed, we, reef, reef, reed. 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 I'm so cool with,
4: <laughs> with the, pot the lingo,
1: talk. <laughs> The um, pot talk. <laughs> the exactly. pod talk and i come running to her rescue they're not going to let her go home with me no why why because he's a dfl anything is that okay
2: it's i'm not saying really that looks bad the first step would be whether or not they're going to bring her down and and charge her downtown if they're just going to give her a ticket and leave she can leave with anybody but
1: when you're driving under the influence do you just get a ticket and sent on your way
2: they usually don't let you drive they wouldn't let you drive away but you could drive away with somebody else really I thought they made
1: you go down and take drug tests and get you off the street and get booked
2: she it it looks like she was charged with refusal okay so so that's different Uh, with a refusal charge there'd be no they wouldn't bring her down so the question, but to answer so your basic question... if you question, just don't
1: cooperate now, you don't get arrested anymore. No,
2: you... Well, I that, that I don't know. I mean, that... But you still can end up with a ticket, which is different than being brought downtown.
1: Well, yeah. So if I... Ref, so the story, the moral of the story is here, don't cooperate. Refuse to cooperate, and you'll get to go home.
2: You'll lose your license you'll get, for
1: over a year. You'll get a ticket, but you won't be up on, you know, charges of drunk or drunk driving or whatever it is with if you can't get tested then under
5: technically the influence. yeah. If the punishment for not getting tested is lower than the punishment not. for getting tested, oh okay.
2: It's not your refusal the the, the result the, the refusal on your driver's license and the <clears throat> refusal as far as what can happen to you, the gross misdemeanor, is higher than what would happen uh, to you if okay. you just went down and got tested. Even you're if you go in and get your blood test. I mean the only way they're gonna get anything with pot is with a blood test. They're not gonna get it for with the test they're not going to get it with the urine well yeah they'd get it with urine test. so that's got to go to the bca and you're never going to find out about that for two months anyway so if you go in they would just you'd get that test done and that would be it the whole deal with cops and pot though is really weird right now because you still have a lot of circumstances where cops are like eh, it's not I'm not going to worry about pot in a lot of the circumstances, yeah, that's and they true. don't charge people with it because of all the different factors. Well, I wonder what the, the moving
1: country. violation was. Was she swerving all over the place because she's super high? What they'd,
2: was the? That caused to stop her, and you know, and she got charged with things, and see what happens, you know. But your basic question though is, could you go down and get Alex? It depends on how what happens. But if they're not going to bring her in, yeah, you could get her and drive her away. That. Is that could happen, but the way he did it with his using his name and giving out his his card that's all garbage.
0: Wally Walker's up next. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 26 minutes, well, it's, it's, right a, it's there, an interesting
1: baby. conversation to be had because this you know political shroud of protection is getting no,
0: it's getting it's pretty old, it's pretty nuts. Right. Yeah, we got to take a break because Kostaki's with us in oh, he's here Ooh. good 10 yeah, minutes, he's oh. back apparently. Mm-hmm. Kostaki, I love Kostaki. We'll be back in a few minutes with the family.